You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Hey guys, this week we sat down with Rachel Grano of Mother's Hemp. Rachel opened up about her diagnosis with fibromyalgia, the power of plant-based medicine, and how the need for both started the launch of her own CBD business. Rachel is a fierce advocate, researcher, and problem solver. We enjoyed speaking with her, and we hope you guys enjoy. I mean, literally, that's been really the foundation of how we got to know you was through, obviously, like the cannabis side of things, the CBD side of things, the advocacy side of things, and now you're kind of digging more into just all plant life medicine. Walk me through, like, how you even got started. Well, how I got started was more having to do with my own health. I have fibromyalgia, and I was on a bunch of medications because the doctors kept, you know, they they send you to all these different doctors, and every doctor gives you a new pill to try, and before you know it, you're taking all this stuff and I have more problems than I even started with. So the straw that broke the camel's back was my stomach. I just couldn't eat anymore. Like every time I ate, I was in pain and I'm like, all right, something's got to give. So I just decided to drastically change what I was putting in my body by changing my diet and also changing the pharmaceuticals that I was taking. Cause I pretty much from reading and doing a lot of stuff decided that they just, you know, I didn't want to have them in my body anymore. They weren't helping me as it was. It wasn't like anything was helping me. I was Aww. just taking all this stuff and a zombie. So, you know, I was just like, I need to flush it out of my body. I need to wean myself off of what I'm on. So I did that. And I did that with foods too. You know, I, I deprocessed foods. So, and I lost a lot of weight in the process. I was up to like, I think it was like 165 at the time. And now I'm, you know, about 125. So yeah, and I've teetered higher than that. But like, right when I started doing this, that's about where, where I was at. And it was amazing, just the results. So I couldn't really exercise a lot because I have a lot of flare ups in my back and my neck where I'm immobilized in bed for days. And I was able to find that um, cannabis products would help me through this. So I was able to get off that stuff, stop visiting the doctor and start improving my health through things I was putting in, in my body, you know, whether it be food as medicine, herbal things. CBD, which is an, an herb, you know, so, so it's just a lot of cleaning out, cleaning out and cleaning up and it's improved. I'd say it's improved a lot, you know, it's not to where it, it doesn't affect me or that I, you know, say I can go do all this stuff now because I can't, you know, if I do something a day with my daughter, it, I have to have a couple days after to recover if it's something big, like a big outing. It just takes a lot out of me and physically a lot. I'll get flare ups in my neck or my lower back that keep me from being able to get out of bed for a few days. That happens at least a couple times a year, unfortunately, you know, to make it horrible. So I'm like, can you pick her up from school or take her, or, you know, kind of when that shuffle was still going on, you know, I'd have to take care of those things. But that's what really pushed me to learn about this. Cause I started seeing the improvement and the difference and the spell that I was under of just like, okay, I'm going to the doctor. I've spent like, thousands upon thousands of dollars for all these tests. I still don't have answers. I'm still not better. And I'm sicker than when I started. And I was just like, enough, enough is enough. And that's when I went green and went natural and started, started to feel, at least I felt like myself again, you know, I wasn't such a zombie in my mind. And, you know, people, people always say like, you know, they get scared about THC products and how it makes them feel. I'm like, have you ever been on like a slew of pharmaceuticals from the doctor? Cause yeah, that's I worse. <laughs> How many years was the process between your diagnosis and then, you know, becoming yourself again? It was probably a good couple of years before I, I kind of started exploring. And, it, and I have to thank cannabis for getting me there because I was still living in California at the time, which is, you know, it, it was a medicinal state at the time. It's completely legal now, but I had a, a medical recommendation and was able to use the products that I needed to replace these other chemicals that I was on trying to do something similar that wasn't working. But I want to say it was, it was about a couple years and I had been introduced to it again. It was like, I, I used to, you know, when I was younger, I loved cannabis, but as I grew up and jobs didn't allow it, it just kind of, you know, drifted apart at that point. And I had a daughter and didn't really think of it in that way. I'd always used it recreationally. I never had really used it in a medicinal um, thing, but it always had made me feel good or, you know, I could do that instead of drinking, which, you know, I've completely replaced now because drinking is totally inflammatory and wreaks havoc on my body. And I used to drink quite a bit. You know, I had that, I was at, you know, 
glass or more plus yeah. <laughs> wine a night mom. And you know, that's not me anymore. Like I'd, I'd much rather wind down with a hemp joint and do it that way. Then, you know, it's much better on my body, much better mentally, you know, alcohol is a depressant, you know, looking back and when I was in those moments of those spreads of thinking it was helping, you know, it really wasn't, you know, really making my mood worse. It was making my inflammation worse. So that was something to give up along the way in the process that, that helped a lot too. That's so interesting because like, so I've had one client that had fibromyalgia and she was in her mid fifties and she could really only tell me about her symptoms because her doctors said they didn't really know what caused it or they didn't know how to diagnose it. Is that true for you? It's true. It's a very, it's a very weird thing because the doctor's like, well, we've done all these other things to rule all these other things out. So we're going to call it fibromyalgia. Right. So it's kind of like this like term that they come up with when they can't pin anything else on you Yeah, um, <laughs> with a test or something. And then they start with the medicines. I started getting this, you know, well, some people have found that this drug that's supposed to be written for something completely off base some people get good results with their fibromyalgia. So we'll try that one on you. So I was basically like a, a guinea pig trying this stuff that wasn't even for what my diagnosis wow. was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Overall, I guess my, my best explanation that I've been able to, to tell people is, is it's kind of, it's a high sensitivity. I've always been a highly sensitive person and generally, you know, not just feelings, but you know, my receptors as well, as far as pain and stuff like that seem to, affect differently of why I'm, I'm, I feel the pain is on all the time when it shouldn't be. Cause I just, you know, I have that widespread kind of body pain that'll hit me, especially if I'm not taking, you know, any cannabis products or CBD oil, it can really, really creep up on me. So, and to, because they can't really define it, you know, it's hard for me to define, but interestingly enough, when I was, you know, learning, cause I, I had to know, I'm like, why do they have me on all this stuff? I was taking all these medicines, spent all these thousands of dollars, and here I am with like the weed I smoked as a kid. Like, you know, as a kid, you know, as a, a young adult, is what's actually helping me. So I did a lot of research into the endocannabinoid system, which we all have, animals have, we have, almost everybody has one, and just how our body is built to receive it. And if we're suffering from a deficiency, that can have a lot of symptoms like my fibromyalgia symptoms, interestingly enough. So I've kind of, you know, come to the conclusion that it's an endocannabinoid deficiency because as soon as I'm, I'm not getting my cannabinoids, I start going like down again. Wow. So as to why I have that deficiency or, you know, what causes it, it's, it'd be hard to say, you know, it could be genetics or, you know, I didn't always treat my body right my whole life. No, um, you know, I'm guilty of, <laughs> you mean none of us do, right? Guilty of... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's that too. So, so it's hard to say what the, the true cause is, but you know, that's kind of what I, I've been led to believe when doctors couldn't really give me a better answer and doing the research and finding that, you know, I've, I've settled with that and been like, you know, I think that, you know, I just, do have a deficiency with my cannabinoids or whether it's the way I process them. Cause I have a really high tolerance too, which is really weird. Not just cannabis products. I was just going to ask you, I know because I have, I have also been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in like a few years ago after my third child. And I have a super high pain tolerance too. Do you think that you had this autoimmune disease when you were growing up or is this something that you think like, when did it start for you? I think I've always had it. Like looking back, you know, there were times when I was younger and I complained my back hurts, which worries me because my daughter does the same thing. She's six and she's already complaining of stuff that was like very similar to me. And she's, she's like a clone of me. So I, I don't doubt that she'll run into a lot of the same problems. Maybe I did, but hopefully not since, you know, I have a good idea sooner than I did. You know, it was just kind of like, it's growing pains, kids, yeah. you're fine. It happens to everybody. Like, <laughs> you know, it was really brushed off a lot and just being told that I shouldn't have that going on, not to acknowledge the space that, hey, this is actually happening, you know? And, uh, you know, my mom would listen to me and we got, I think, x-rays when I was like 13, but, you know, x-rays don't show anything but fractures and stuff like that. So they really couldn't tell much. And, you know, it was, it was just always kind of, I always felt more tired than everybody else. I felt like I had a hard time maybe keeping up. 
And then just some, some pain I had, you know, just at a young age with my back, I just always seemed to have that low back thing that just got worse as I got older and, you know, started doing worse things on my body. I was a paramedic for a while and we have to lift patients up out of their floor when they fall. And, you know, everyone that falls isn't a hundred pounds. They're usually a little bit, a little bit more than that. So a bit heavier to pick up. And, you know, I hurt my back doing that initially. And I, I stopped doing that because of that injury. And that was about right before I moved to California and started bartending. And then I was on my feet a lot and had a lot of problems then too. I'd have a lot of pain after. So I feel like it's always followed me, but it wasn't until I had an accident where I got rear-ended on the highway. And that brought on this whole neck thing. So I never really had neck issues before. And this now brought it into where I had this low back thing and this neck thing. And the neck thing would just not get any better. And I kept seeing doctor after doctor and they're like, well, we don't know. Physical therapy is not helping. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, you have fibromyalgia. Of course it's not helping. And I'm like, okay, great. I wish you could have told me that for like went three days a week for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. And, and no progress. Not that made it go away. I mean, it, it helped, you know, cause I was getting some massage and stuff in with it. So that would help relieve the pain temporarily, but then it would just come back. So, so when you say you have a flare up, is it like, like, can you explain what that is? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, I'll once I, which I'm dangerous, even curling my hair. Like I don't have to be doing anything special. Like one time I was, I was just brushing my hair and all of a sudden I just feel this little like twinge, this pinch and it's my whole neck and I can't move it and I can't move it from side to side. And I have crippling pain like down the back and kind of the same thing with my low back. It won't take much, just one little twist. And then all of a sudden the whole low back is inflamed and I can't like, I'm stuck. Like if I'm bent over, I'm stuck. And I just have to like go lay down for a couple of days. And there's like nothing that's like, oh, it's only when I do these extravagant things. So I just won't go whitewater rafting or something. Right. Like, yeah. You can't pinpoint it. Right. It's like, oh, I tied my shoes. I have to tie my shoes sometimes. So if it happened when I tied my shoes, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I try and do things like yoga to strengthen my body more, but I, I do feel like I get knocked down a lot. Once I get in a routine with my yoga, I have a flare up and then I'm set back to where I'm not doing it again for like a month. And then it's really hard to get back like on the train again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So you started your own company. Yeah. Was that based off of like this, this pain that you had and the, the medicinal way you're using cannabis for it? Definitely. That that was what it was all about. Um, I never really started as like, oh, I'm going to make products and sell sell my products. I, I started more as education. I just wanted to tell people there was another way. People that were in my position that thought there was no way out and I had to live my life as horribly as I was at that point. And thinking, you know, because doctors tell you that you're going to have to live like this the rest of your life. You know, there's no cure for this. This is just some, you know, so I, I was living that storyline, you know, I was living that narrative until I found this. And so I wanted to speak up and intervene and other people who are, were on the same path where I was on to help them and just say, Hey, there's something else you can try. You know, you can at least try it and see if maybe it works for you like it did me. And as I started going out and educating people and telling them about, you know, this thing, they'd say, well, okay, where can I buy some? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you know, it's hard to say, like, you know, there's, questionable companies you don't really want to you can't get it on Amazon that's not legit stuff and you know and they're like, well, where do I get it and I'm like well I make some for myself because I'm scared of where I'm getting it I want to make sure it's a good quality so that kind of pushed me into making my own products for other people is they wanted to buy what I was already taking so I developed my brand and my company and started selling it and I'd, I'd bring it with me when I went to go talk to people excuse me talk to people about it and they would end up, like I said, wanting to purchase it after. So it was kind of just born out of necessity of how I wanted to educate people and make sure I had a safe product that I could recommend. And the only way I could 100% know it was safe is if I made it and I tested it and, you know, could could put my word behind it. What is the testing process like? I'm always so intrigued. It's you just basically send a small sample to a lab in the mail and then they send you a certificate as an email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Okay. It's not a whole lot. It's it's like under a hundred bucks usually, depending on what you're having tested. Like if you're sending off a, a cannabis strain and you're wanting like the whole bounty on it, like the mm-hmm. heavy metals and everything, each test costs more. And those those ones add up a lot. But as far as like sending an oil off or something like that for like a, a CBD content or something, it's it's more inexpensive. So wow. Let's 
a big thing that you have to invest though too into your business, you know, to, to prove that that's amazing because it obviously makes your product more legit. Right. Right. But yeah. Not a lot of people do that. That's, that's so true. No, no. And there, you know, there's definitely a lot, a lot of things, you know, I, I finally got a payment processor on my site. I had gone down in February this year. I saw the video. That's Did you? Yeah. I was like, Oh fuck. Like I didn't even think about that. Like that, yes. especially for CBD, that just doesn't make sense that they just would not allow it. Nope. They just pulled the chain. They were like, we're not doing business with you anymore. Goodbye. And they were not as bad as PayPal. PayPal did it like the year before and they, PayPal will keep your money. They will say, we're That's keeping what I've your heard. for six months Yeah, and then we'll release them to you. So I had to wait to get my money, which I finally did. I didn't know if I was going to. But Stripe at least said, okay, we're paying you what we owe you and goodbye. And then I applied for Square's CBD. Like they have a CBD department. It's not just like the regular Square. It's different. And you have to submit a lot more stuff and do a lot more things and go through the processes. So that took a while. Um, but I'm up and running now. So they know I'm selling CBD. They're okay with it. Like, it is a little higher percentage. Like usually it was like a 2.9% to run a regular credit card. And now I'm at like a five, more like closer to 5%. So again, it's more, you know, more cost you have to build in. You know, people wonder sometimes that I wondered at first too. I'm like, why does, why do these things cost so much? And it's like the things you have to do to get it in that bottle, like goodness gracious between, yeah you know, overhead of different stuff and having to worry about, you know, that, you know, different percentages that come out of it when it's sold, you have to, you know, add that all into a price and, and it's, it makes it, makes it challenging. It's like, man, there's like a lot of, a lot of things that go into it behind the scenes that you wouldn't realize. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even, I didn't realize all of that, to be honest, which is naive, I guess. You don't really know. You don't think of it. You don't like, you just look at it and you're like, well, it's here. I don't have to know how it got here. <laughs> So how has business been since all of this Corona stuff started? Well, for me, my business already shut down in February. So when April came, you know, late March came, I was like, oh, y'all are just joining my party over oh. here. <laughs> <laughs> Get in line, wait. <laughs> Trying to keep my head above water on this whole month. Like, shoot, I'm ready. Wow. You know, I had, I was lucky I had local support. People were still willing to like meet and, you know, exchange in different ways other than the website and, you know, send a check or something like that. It definitely decreased a lot, but you know, I'm, I'm glad to have be up and running and have that option for people again. Cause I know it, it, I lost a lot of customers and sales that way. You know, I had regular customers that would order from me that just couldn't anymore. And it was, you know, I, I'll, I'll see if they make their way back to me or not, but it was definitely hard having that kind of interruption in a business. That's surprising though. Cause I, on that video, you mentioned you could still do Venmo and I just assume everyone has Venmo now. So I guess that's, that's just not, if you're, if you're below 30, maybe, but yeah, most oh, of my, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot more checks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, with my business, I get a lot of checks too. <laughs> When you moved from California back to North Carolina, did that play your, I guess, chosen method of plant-based care? Did that play into your factor of like, should we go back or not? It was hard. It was almost like a no until I found CBD and hemp. Yeah. Um, that changed a lot for me, knowing that I, that I had that because it was pretty much a no before that. And then, you know, knowing that that, that works not as well for me. You know, I, I really benefit a lot more if I can have the THC, but unfortunately I'm in a prohibition state that doesn't allow it. And, you know, I can't get the quality of what I was using in a state, you know, on the other side of the country here, but. Isn't that just so wild? That's the hardest part. <laughs> I know. I know we couldn't afford California anymore. I mean, we were paying like over two grand a month to be in an apartment in the desert. Like just, yeah, it just didn't add up for us. So you know, we, we didn't do anything because we couldn't afford to go do anything. It's like, we live close to Disney, but we can't afford to go to Disney because our rent is two grand a month. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we looked at coming Californians here from to Texas. You get a lot. I bet, you know, a lot of people want to live there, but it's just not feasible unless you just have a really high paying job. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of people, you know, after this whole virus too, thinking about relocating to different places. Cause I couldn't imagine having have spent that time that we spent in our house with a yard in a container, basically with people all around you. Yeah. And I think they're still I mean, closed over there. 
they? I think they might be. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure, but they still have you know quite a quite a bit of restrictions. And you know, I know from talking to friends and family, I still have there. It was definitely very challenging. You know, with kids, like you couldn't go outside and use the shared things that you were paying. You know, when you pay that much for an apartment, you're like, well, it's because we have these sparkling pools and yeah. playgrounds and fitness centers and all that was like gone. You can't use any of that stuff. So, so it made it yeah, really so hard cool. on people. And I really felt for them every time that we went outside to play, I would do like a, a little like gratefulness moment to be like, <laughs> I'm so grateful that we're here, that we can go outside. I know that others cannot. And you know, this, I'm grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever, you know, that push was to get me back here when we did, it was just in the right amount of time to be set up and ready for this thing. So that's one thing that I do, I guess, like about everything that's happened in the last few months, I have slowed down and I go on walks and I enjoy them. Whereas before I was just like trying to get my steps in like a maniac. Just like, ah. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't know. It just feels so nice to be able to do things like, you know, go to restaurants and. I think it definitely turned up the appreciation factor for a lot of people. Just the simple things, like you said, like the fact of being able to go to a restaurant. And I think I I was talking to another friend and we talked about how I think a lot of, a lot of people that were struggling maybe more than others were some that maybe didn't have to go without things in their life. Like for instance, we've been, broke a lot of times in our life and going out to eat maybe a couple times a year was all we got to do. So, you know, it's not a huge deal that we didn't get to go out to eat, you know, like we're like, oh, we we'll just manage this again. Or, you know, we already had that practice, that disappointment, that missing out, that, you know, not being able to going on at different points in life that I felt like, like oh, well, this is okay. I can do this for a little while, like no big deal. And I think, you know, maybe the people that were struggling more never had that problem. You know, they've always been able to do that and then now they can't. So now it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. And it, it also feels different when you know nobody can do it. You know what I mean? Like nobody can travel. Nobody can eat out. Everyone's home. It just kind of like, yes, it's a sad thing, but you do feel like a sense of, I guess, community that way in a, in a weird way. It puts a Band-Aid on the FOMO. It's like, <laughs> like ah, I'm not going anywhere, but nobody else is either. <laughs> It's so true. How's your mental health been with everything with the business and then this? I mean, I know you said that you were kind of dealing with this since February when your machine went down, but that's like a lot as a business owner and as some, you know, like that is so much. How do you handle that? You know, I, at first, so like, especially when like my daughter started staying home, this whole thing hit, I just, I'd had no reason to be busy. So I just stopped. I was like, okay, it's just time to stop. Like there's nothing else I can be doing right now except spending time with my daughter and getting through this. So we just really slowed down and stopped and didn't, you know, I didn't post much. I just kind of, I didn't stress so much about it. I was like, you know, it's either going to work itself out or it's not. And my worries and stuff are not going to change that at all. So yeah, I kind of just like sat back and let it take its course and see what happened. And, you know, once this finally came through with the payment processor and stuff, I've gotten back into it and more passionate about it. But I mean, I felt pretty deflated, you know, given that I'd started this whole business and worked really hard. And, you know, as soon as my payment processor went down, I was like, all right, that's okay. I'm going to do a lot of festivals and I'm going to get more wholesale accounts. Yeah. COVID happened. And I was like, okay, well, there went that festival I was going to do this month and all the stores are closed. So, okay. Like I was like, I just have to stop. Like there's nothing else I can do. And I'm glad I did. Cause that was a good break. I think since I started this, it was go, 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 go so much. Um, that it was, it was a nice needed break. So, and then yeah. everyone got a break. So yeah. <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I have, I have my days where I feel like I'm over the moon and on top of the world and I've totally got this. And then some days I, you know, don't want to leave the house, which that works out really well this time of, you know, in our life because you don't have it's to. It's working in our favor. Yeah. But I do, you know, I do hit those bumps. You know, I, I have the highs and lows. You know, I don't know if that's just, you know, it just always seems my life has kind of had those, you know, ebbs and flows of like, things are great, great, great. And now things are like, whoa. Yeah. But I just try and take it in stride and, you know, just remember that, that everything's okay, you know, because I tend to spiral out in my mind a lot if I let it. And I just have to take a step back. And, you know, that's where the CBD and hemp come in. It slows stuff down in my mind for me. So I'm not like racing thoughts and 
starting to let my anxiety take control because I, I do have a good amount of anxiety that will try and take over if I let it. So, yeah, there's nothing like CBD and gratitude, <laughs> you know, right? Like you can get through a lot with those two things. <laughs> I agree. I, that's, a, that's been my COVID-19 thing, like CBD and gratitude. Here we go. <laughs> this will get you through it. We got to sell that. We got to do little vials of gratitude to send to everybody too. Oh, that would be nice. That's so funny. I know when you helped me come up with concoction for my son, for his skin and his eczema, you really just, you asked so many good questions that doctors didn't ask me. And I now knowing a little bit more of your story, I attribute it to your frustration with doctors and not getting the right questions asked or mm -hmm. answered. So it's really cool that you came back to me with like a list of questions when I said, Hey, my son has eczema. Is there anything that you can do to help? And then you came back with boom, 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 boom. And you made this formula and he loves it. You know, it's, it's Miss Rachel's roller and he just loves it and it helps and it works. So thank you. You're welcome. Is he still doing good? Like his skin is He's still... doing good. He's flaring up. I need to reorder from you. <laughs> All right. Well, that lasted a while. That was like, it did. Yeah. Those salves last, last quite a bit. And you know, I have to say, that that you and your son inspired me for the scaly skin salve because that oh, after awesome. I cool made that? it I developed it into a product and that's what the scaly skin is now with a couple more ingredients but pretty close to what I came up for your son so that's so cool I'm gonna have to go and order that then that's really really cool. Rachel what kind of questions do you ask somebody like Calla who reached out to you like that well gosh I, I don't remember exactly what I asked Cal now because it's it's been a couple of years um but you know, I'd want to know different things as far as you know, any any allergies. You know, even things like a ragweed allergy that can. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was really specific. Like, okay, does he have a reaction to this? Is it more like in his lungs? Or when he does right. react, how is it? Just really, really thoughtful, considerate. I hadn't thought about it because when you think topical, you just think it's not gonna that yeah it just any, any kind of herbal interaction especially given his age since he was so much younger and you know younger you know we have sensitive skin and stuff so I just want to make sure that we covered you know all those bases as far as any possible either interactions with other medicines or contraindications as far as something that he's allergic to or doesn't do well with so those are the kind of questions that would be important I do try and educate people a little bit when you know they're taking CBD drops even something internally about taking it with other medications. You know, it, it's safe to take, but I recommend doing it at different times. Like don't take your handful of pharmaceuticals and chase it with your dropper of CBD because your, your liver is doing the job of processing all this stuff. So if you give it too much of a load at once, things are going to compete and the CBD is going to win. It's going to take priority and it's going to get broken down first and the other medications are going to take longer which is fine when you know that's what's happening because that's what helps people titrate off a lot of pain medicines that it makes the medicine last longer it doesn't your liver doesn't break it down as fast so that can be beneficial if you know you're working with it in that way but you know say you're taking heart medicine something like that you don't want these building up in your liver over time so you know it's important to have these conversations with people and let them know that could be a risk you know something you'd want to avoid avoid doing so You've always had education first. That's, again, I know that's how your mother's hemp got started. Before, when it was just you without mother's hemp, you were educating people. And I was telling Leanne, it was like, the first time I fell in love with her, she was at this rally, and she just sparked up a joint in front of all these conservative people. And I thought, I need to talk to her. I need to be friends with her. Oh, my gosh. Something. It was just so cool that you were out there doing it for people. And it was solely from a healing and an education point at that moment and that was just really really cool to witness oh that's cool thank you that was that was oh my gosh I remember doing that. I went to Asheville and met someone I'd never known before she asked if I'd speak at, at the rally and I did <laughs> it was just I was totally my nerves were shot I totally needed that hemp joint that I sparked up but it was invigorating like it's one of the like you know those things when you're done you're like oh I just did that oh my gosh <laughs> like and see what's so funny is because you look so cool, calm, collected, like you were just meant to do that. So any nerves that you had, totally, you couldn't, you couldn't tell. I was like, she's been doing this forever. <laughs> she travels from rally to rally and says this. I can tell. Yeah, just, I mean, it was like, it was like a CBD rally. Well, it's, it's for, because I live in a prohibition state here in North Carolina, which you guys are in Texas as well. So you understand. Yeah. So it was a, a medical cannabis rally to try and 
bring the attention to the fact that we need a, at the minimum a medical cannabis program in the state for people if not full legalization because hey why not yeah so did you go up there knowing what you were going to say or did she ask you on the spot if you wanted to talk oh i practiced i had notes and i practiced that yeah i I mean, I maybe could have off the cuff, but I don't know that it would have been as good if I didn't have the notes and the cards that I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like being so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not like one of those people who show up and like, I did my whole TEDx without cards and be like, I could never do <laughs> Just be like a bunch of stutters and nervous laughs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a lot of ums, but. <laughs> a lot of apologizing for no reason. <laughs> that's the truth oh my god that's so funny I love that now you're going to these rallies and festivals and stuff with your own product and hopefully you'll get to start doing that again soon but like how cool is it not only are you now like contributing to the people coming and getting them healthier you've spoken at them you're doing the dang thing it's really really cool it's awesome and I'll tell you that the rewarding part is when people try it and it works and they're like you know it changes their life it's not just like giving someone CBD, you know, and be like, oh, here you go. It's like literally you're changing someone's life, the way they live their every day. I've been telling people, people with autoimmune diseases, people with these chronic illnesses like we have, think about with the time that you've spent in COVID that you, you know, couldn't stand being home all that time because that's what it's like for a lot of people like us a lot of the time. You know what I mean? And so to change that aspect of someone's life somewhat, that they get a better quality of life from taking your product, it's like, wow. Like, Cal, when you told me it helped your son that much, I bawled, like I cried so many <sighs> tears. I was just like, oh, it changed his little life so much. <laughs> it did, I mean, it did, it changed it. This kid was rubbing his skin raw and bleeding and we've tried the, you know, $200 creams and that's not sustainable for a family of five to have to have those expenses every month. Not to mention they have steroids in them, which isn't great. Yeah, anyway. and it's thinning his already thin skin. You know, they didn't ask me the questions like you were asking me, which you would think that they would. So yeah, when it did, when it healed up in a matter of applying it two to three times, I mean, it speaks for itself. How can you not? And I'm not using huge tubes of it. Little goes a long way and it... it it's been two years punch. and now you're ready to reorder so. <laughs> I mean, I, we probably went a little long, but he goes through months where he doesn't need it in certain seasons. And it's just, it's really interesting to see something like that, that works, you know? Yeah. And that's why I wanted to keep it, keep it as like an oil-based product because they do last a lot longer. Anytime you introduce any sort of a water to it, that you're going to start dealing with bacteria and needing to have preservatives and do different stuff. Um, so that's why I chose to stay with the oil-based salve. So it would have that longevity. A lot would go a long way it would help people out a lot like that. So what was it like when you were kind of figuring out your formulas? Do you get a kick out of that? Do you enjoy that process? I did. I did a, a lot of research. I like, I'm a researcher. If there's something, I will find the best of the best. It'll be like, oh, we need this. I'll read every review on Amazon until I'm like four in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I can pick this thing. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, almost to a fault. Cause you know, I don't probably need to do that on everything. Yeah. But you know, definitely developing a product. There was a lot of late nights and research and reading different things of people's accounts of stuff and how it helped them and checking interactions and different stuff with herbs that I was choosing to use in my formula. And, you know, there's a period of trying to get the consistency right to make sure it's supposed to be solid at room temperature. So it wasn't too goopy or too hard that people can't get it out. And then you've got your temperature fluctuations, like it's hot now. So whenever I make any for summer, I add a little bit more beeswax to keep it a little oh, more firm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, than I do in the winter. So that's kind of a consideration too. So, but it was a fun process and, and I definitely enjoyed doing that. And I really enjoy the amount of feedback I get from something that I made like myself and people come back and tell me how much it helps them, you know, that, Hey, I've tried this and this did not work and yours did. <laughs> that makes it so special to me that, 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 could, that happened from my hands, you know, from my hands to your heart, basically. Oh, that's so cool. So do you have any most popular product or, or anything like that? I would say that my muscle salve is really popular. It's for pain, muscles, joints, stuff like that, where you can put it topically. It has a, it has heating and cooling herbs in it. So you're kind of going to get this really cold sensation at first, like ice. And then it soothes into like a very warming sensation. 
and it numbs it like it'll numb the area that you put it on which is really nice you don't get that with a lot of products and i've had probably the best feedback from that you know people will try it and that will get them when they try that and see how much it works then they'll say well i want to try those cbd drops now <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh people will always try the topical first <laughs> mm -hmm. when they're unsure where should I start? What should I get for my mother? I'm like a topical. Yeah. yeah. Start her with a topical. Don't get her a joint right away. She's not going to go there. <laughs> my, we got my mom on the, um, the tinctures finally. So yeah, <laughs> that's right. We got mom on board. <laughs> yeah. That's I know awesome. it was a few years ago when I was starting to kind of like do my research and, and see how it could help me and my daughter and things. When I started sharing it, obviously with everyone as cannabis does, it kind of opens your mouth and your mind <laughs> to a lot of different things. But my mom that year for Christmas, I mean, it was CBD, everything for everybody. And it just made me laugh that, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> so cool. That's yeah. so cool. I love it. It's special. <laughs> So do you have like, when you were researching, not necessarily how to make the products, but what cannabis and CBD could do for your fibromyalgia, like, do you have any resources that you could point people to if they're having unexplained pain just to give them more information? I think my favorite place to send people to is projectcbd.org. Uh, they, they have the closest to medical information you can probably get, like links to different trials and research and stuff like that. And they seem to have a website that has all the questions that people might ask and they answer it. And you know, they, they're not a company that sells something. Okay. They're just a research company and they have a lot of valuable information. I definitely recommend projectcbd.org taking a look there. And then I put stuff on my website too. I'm trying to yeah. make, I just redid my website. It looks so my... beautiful. It looks, so... I did. It looks so beautiful. I love it. Oh, it took so much work. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> What's your website? It's a uh, getmothershemp.com. Yeah. It yeah. looks so good. Your color scheme, your art, all of it. It's so it's good. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, before like you just came in, and it was a shop. Like when I first did it, I just needed somewhere people could buy stuff from. So literally you went to the website and you were in my shop already, which is fine. Like it served its purpose, but now it's more of a, an information. It's like a store. It's like a website. There's information. There's everything kind of flows. There's an about us section. There's, you know, it's one, one page response of things. And I've got links to different publications I've been in and testing that we've done and a video that I made about my product answering some questions and uh, like a fax page. I didn't have that before. So it's a big deal. You're bossing up. I love it. Exactly. It's funny how these little things that you, like you said, come out of necessity can grow so much bigger than you ever would have imagined. But that just proves that you're doing it from a good place. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how it works. And, it's and you're passionate that's really about it. Cool. That's what I love. Yes. <laughs> like when you talk about researching what to put, how to make your product and like how it helps Eli, you can see it in your eyes. Like you light up. I think that's so awesome. She does. <laughs> the purple hair sparkles. I love it. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> it is. It is. And the cool thing too, Rachel, is that not only are you developing the product, then you take your creative side and you're making all your packaging. You're doing all the branding. You're doing all this stuff. You're doing that all yourself? Yeah, I do it everything. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, I have a creative background. Like Cal mentioned, I did graphic design school. So I designed my own logo and my own packaging for my labels and my own promotional material and then my own website. So it definitely came in handy. It's, it's a lot of work being all the hats, yeah. but when you're a startup with like zero money to start up, we feel you girl. Have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that whole bootstrapping thing. It's uh you get real creative, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you sure do. You sure do. So I've, I've enjoyed that though, because I, you know, I really enjoy that side of stuff. I never, I didn't finish school at the time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to. And a lot of the kids in my class were graduating just to become unpaid uh, interns. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a grown adult. I can't do an unpaid internship after working and doing school at the same time. So I kind of, you know, moved away from that field and I, I very much still enjoy it and enjoy designing. And I've been having fun drawing and procreate on the iPad. That's been like a new fun thing, hobby kind of thing I've been doing, but also it, it helps me because then I learn how to make more stuff on it. So yeah. Do you have any products that you have yet to develop that you're like chomping at the bit to be able to like try or do? 
Um, you know, I, I had a couple things in the make. I have like a massage oil that I don't sell on my site per se. And uh-huh. it's little, it's little things like the oil's great. I have that down, but it's packaging. They leak. The plastic bottles leak, you know, I, and I don't have that machine to put the little seal on it like they do yeah. in the factories. So it's, you know, kind of figuring out the shipping, like how that would work. So I haven't added that one to it. I wanted to do like in the beginning, I was excited about doing edible stuff and mm-hmm. dog treats and stuff like that. And then, you know, the FDA swooped in and was like, no, no <laughs> CBD and food or different stuff. So I backed off of it. I was like, you know, I don't need to go down a route that's that questionable. I'd rather just do things on the up and up right now and make sure everything's legit. I don't need any extra scrutiny by any reason. So yeah, I had like a CBD honey that was good and Ooh, I had some fun stuff, but we'll see. Maybe be able to get to bring it back. We'll taste test for you, no problem. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> You're my girls. <laughs> um, what was your biggest challenge with your business specifically in North Carolina? Have you come up against any just other than like website stuff? Have you been met with any with any challenges? Being a stay-at-home mom. I mean, when my daughter was in school, I had those seven hours. I could bang some stuff out during the school, you know, but when summer hits, I'm done. It was like, okay, I can't do this stuff. And my husband's schedule is so crazy and he works so many hours, even booking a festival. And I don't have my mom here or someone that I can definitely 100% count on to watch her. It was it's really been challenging for me to do the amount of things I want to do because I definitely have wanted to do more of the festivals. I wanted to do, you know, more Saturdays where I get up and I just do a workshop and talk about it. And yeah, and you did that. a few of those, didn't you? I did a few, but tell me about those. What was that like? That's wild. It was great because I live in a small town where I grew up in, and the turnout for this thing, like the first one I did, was amazing. The first free one I did people showed up, they were just curious. I just wanted people to come listen and learn about CBD and know the ins and outs, whether they buy my, my product at the end or not. It doesn't really matter completely. I'd rather them just know that this is an option. And these are what you should look for when buying a product. You know, Don't just get something off Amazon that isn't even CBD at all and then you think CBD doesn't work. Um, so you know, I think that was, you know, a big thing is just wanting to, to really help people with it. And then, you know, say, well, this is good. I do make this product. I can vouch for it to be within the standards. Anything beyond that, you'd have to research on your own. And here are the things that you should ask for when you do that. But I had a huge turnout. And it just, you know, in a town I grew up with that I know is very conservative and small, to have so many people come out interested to learn about it has just been phenomenal. And I still have people to say, say, you know, I came to your class. I came to that class. And, and it stuck out. And I did another class. Too. I had some more classes like this plan this year, right before the shutdown. I did an infusion class last year on 420. Okay. And I had like 25 people come to it. Wow. And it, I was just amazed of how that was even possible <laughs> in the area I live in. So that, that was cool. So this year I was going to do that class and then do a salve making class after. So you can take your infused oil and then make it into a salve. Oh, cool. Like a two-parter. And then... COVID came and we canceled everything. So yeah. that might be something that we do um, later in the year again. Um, a lot of folks here can be seasonal. You know, we have a lot of people who live in Florida and have vacation homes here and are here during the warm summer months, but not so much the winter. So, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to plan anything like that again until next year, just because if I do something late in the fall, I didn't get a turnout like I did. Got it. Yeah. But I'd like to start moving into more online stuff to get my reach a little bit further. Yeah. Some online, I think that's something I want to tackle next. You know, it's all this teaching myself, these platforms. Yeah, that's the hardest part. It's like slow and steady. You, you, I mean, you have all these ideas and I'm, I'm obviously speaking about myself right now a little bit yeah. too. I'm <laughs> just like, you want to go, go, go and do everything. But it does. Good things take time. And then when you have, you know, momming. external <laughs> factors and mommy yeah. and yeah, COVID, a pandemic, you know, <laughs> lots of stuff. It slows everything down, but you can tell the passion's there, the purpose is there and that you're going to keep going regardless. So it's been really, really cool to see. And Well, thank you. Yeah. I just have to remind myself it's not a race. You know, there's no finish right. line. It's not a race. Like I just can only do what I can do. And you know, the rest is just the best I can do. Yeah. 
it's, it's, you know, it's challenging. Like I said, you know, just me and her, she doesn't have siblings either, which, you know, I was talking to a friend about that, how it makes it more challenging too, that, you know, it's constant intention, you know, just to say, you know, well, go, go be by yourself. You know, she doesn't want to be by herself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least if you have like, go play with your brother or sister, then they're not by themselves. So that's been, yeah. A but then all three come down and then it's like, they're fighting. And they're fighting. We all go, yeah. yeah. We all have the challenges either way. We do, we do. When you were teaching these classes, like if for first time CBD purchasers who wanted to give it a shot, what are specific things to look out for to make sure that you are getting a decent product and not something that's just sand and coconut oil? <laughs> yeah. I would look for, you know, a reputable company, you know, look at their website, see that it maybe has some reviews or something like that. I look for testing. They have some sort of that they tested the oil somewhere on their site is something to look for. I would never buy off Amazon just because it's against Amazon's policy to even sell CBD. So they're already having to lie about what it is to sell it on that platform. Wow. So who's to say they're not lying about what's in the bottle too. So yeah, that's not the marketplace you want to look for. Um, there's a lot of great CBD brands out there. You know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> So, you know, looking for those kind of things are, I feel like important, you know, definitely testing some reviews. If they have like an Instagram or a Facebook page that they have a history on that, you know, they've been, you know, possibly didn't just, you know, put this on Amazon overnight to sell it all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of fishy. So that they have some kind of history, you know, check out their social media accounts, email them, ask them questions, see what kind of response you get, you know, see if it's what you're looking for. I have a question about when you were at the doctors and they referred you to medical cannabis and you were in California. What was that process like for you? Oh, the doctors never referred me to it. That wasn't them. (laughs) The medical recommendations worked a little bit differently than you would think. Your actual doctors that you would normally go see wouldn't talk about cannabis. You really couldn't talk about cannabis with them. Even at that time, even in California, I wasn't really that comfortable. But you ha- you would have to get your license. There was a special doctor you could see, basically, which the first time I got it was in person a long time. But I went to a place in person and did a televideo with the doctor. The do- I never actually met the doctor. Oh, wow. And then when I renewed with a different company, I didn't even have to do that much. I just submitted stuff online and that was it. Okay. It was pretty easy. I mean, it was right before legalization. So, you know, it was like 50 bucks and there wasn't much, much to the process. And then basically it was just me not really going back to my doctors anymore. Cause I realized they had failed me and they weren't okay with the medicine I was choosing. So I was just going to do, do my own thing. You know, I felt like I had enough tests done to last a lifetime. And Well, yeah, cause it is, it's just, you get thrown around. And like you said earlier, it's just no answers and just constant frustration and feeling worse. It's a runaround. Yeah. Did you feel like, God, why didn't I try this sooner? <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously you can't. Yes. Oh my God. But you're like, why is this not an option? Why is it more people talking about this? I think that's kind of what lights your fire a little bit to just not stop talking about it, to not, not educate people about it when you have the opportunity. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head with it. And that's just it. Cause like I said, the, the amount of difference it made in my life to just be like, quiet and not talk about it mm-hmm. would be an injustice to everybody I know. I mean, it's, it, my mom's even using it now, which she was, I think I had the company about a year before she finally tried it. She had, she went through cancer and had a lot of underlying different stuff too. And okay. she was an infection control nurse for years and she wanted to just follow the protocol at the time, which was fine. You know, it's her choice of how she wants to do her treatment. But now that she had cleared that and, you know, was still taking a lot of medicine for pain that she had, she's had a total hip replacement done. And now she takes the CBD oil in place of that and doesn't take the pain medicine hardly at all. So I'm stoked about that. But that's changed a lot for her too. So, and I just know too, you know, CBD oil is great and I love CBD oil, but the minute I can put a decent amount of THC in there for a one-to-one, it's going to change even more lives. (laughs) Like... Yeah, the, the two of those working together is is wonderful. And you know, the, the product I sell is an isolate, um, the CBD oil, because we're in a prohibition state, and people have so much of a risk of even the 0.3 percentage that's legal in a hemp product. There's a mm-hmm. it won't happen to everybody, but it makes it a possibility that you could fail your analysis test. And you know, you've got people who have their okay. CDLs, you lose their livelihood, you know, you can't drive anymore, you can't do your job anymore. 
people who have, you know, maybe trouble, they're, you know, litigating in court about their kids or something, you know, they couldn't risk that kind of a drug screen thing, or maybe they're on probation, or maybe, you know, there's a whole like list of reasons of people who get screened for THC, county employees, uh, sheriff's office employees, you know, people who, who could use it, but they can't use one that has a small percentage even. So, but I, I'm excited for the day. I mean, I, it's got to be around the corner. More than half the country's there. Surely the rest of these states have to get on board at some point. Right? right? We got to get on board. That's why we've got to keep talking about exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And so I try and tell people, I let them know that too. You know, that like, this is helping you. So keep your mind open that THC helps a lot of people too, to not judge that, especially when you have CBD present with THC, you're not going to get the kind of side effects that typically happen with just a high THC dose alone. And when you mix them together, it, there's like a magic that happens in your body. <laughs> That's where that balance comes, that homeostasis, that why did I not know this feeling and how did I get it so quickly? Yeah, that's, that's what really just makes me never want to shut up, <laughs> like not talk. I didn't even feel this good when I had the pain medicine or like, you know, like kind of what you were talking about earlier, even with alcohol. I never felt good on that stuff. It's like a superfood. It's like eating a big giant plate of kale times 10 and you're just like, oh, I feel good. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, that is amazing. Well, Rachel, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being so open and telling us about your process and what you're doing and, and how it's been, even with the struggles. And it's been really, really great to get to know you and to hear all about how Mother's Hemp came to be and to kind of know the backstory because I was seeing it on social media and stuff and to really know what was going on. Just all your perseverance is awesome. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that, girls. That's really nice. And I, I really thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity to tell my story in a, a platform. Because let me tell you, I'm not adding podcasting to my list of shit I'm already doing. So. <laughs> well, you're welcome on whenever you'd like. Yeah, please come back. Talk with us anytime. Uh, we're trying to grow this thing and grow this community. And we want to hear from, from strong women who are out there doing what they're put on this earth to do. Thank you. That's amazing. I would definitely, definitely come back and chat with you gals anytime. This has been a lot of fun. This has been like an afternoon out with girlfriends. Kind of. Hey, we need that right now. <laughs> I know. I know. You guys made it. I, I forget we're even recording this thing for a podcast. It's like, oops. Oh yeah, this is re recorded. Right That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> that is the goal. That's, that's exactly it. That's well, you're awesome. both amazing. Well, so, we will talk yeah. very soon. <laughs> likewise, likewise. All right. Sounds good. Bye girls. Bye. Thanks, Rachel. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Rachel. To learn more about plant-based medicine and her business, visit GetMothersHemp.com or follow Mother's Hemp on Instagram. And if you'd like to join in on the conversation here at HTC, we invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and take a look around at ways that you can be involved. Simply search at Have the Convo. Talk soon.